Welcome to the Chronically Courageous Podcast. I'm your host, Bonnie Howard. Since I was a child, I've had chronic pain, yet was told time and time again that it was all in my head. So I pushed through my symptoms and I built a successful career until I found myself crouched on the floor of my office, barely conscious. After finally getting a diagnosis, I had to learn how to embrace the life I've been given as fully and happily as possible. Now, it's my mission to help you do the same. Join my guests and I each week for inspiring stories and tips on navigating the complexities of chronic illness. Together, I believe we can move forward with courage, passion, and purpose. Welcome everybody to episode two of the Chronically Courageous. This is Bonnie Howard, your host. Today is a very special episode because it is my second episode, but it's actually my first episode where I'm doing the interview. In the first episode, if you heard it, I was being interviewed by my fiance, David. And today I brought on someone that is very special to me. Um, her name is Yvette McHugh. Hi. She is. <laughs> and she is just someone that I find extremely inspiring, someone that I feel I connected with almost immediately when we met. And the ironic part is we have not yet met in person. We've only <laughs> met online, but I, I feel as though I've known her forever. And I think a lot of that has to do with the commonalities in our journeys. We have a lot in common as far as both having undergone a major chronic illness journey and kind of being taken down. And Yvette, I know, was was bedridden for a period of time and homebound and dependent upon a wheelchair, received several diagnoses, like many of us do, um, not all of which she believed. And we'll get into that a little bit. On a personal note, Yvette is 48 years old. She is happily married to a very, very supportive husband by the name of Dave. They were just married last May, so sort of a newlywed. <laughs> she is a certified Qigong instructor. And let me tell you, I had the honor of participating in one of Yvette's classes, and it was such a beautiful, beautiful experience. It was just so peaceful. And I think so many times, so many of us who have chronic illness spend the great majority of our lives trying to keep up with everybody else and go at such a fast breakneck pace. And Qigong is something that, and and Yvette will speak more to this, but I believe really gives you that chance to slow down and really just get out of your head and get into your body and find a place of peace. And I found that last night when I took your class. So thank you so much for inviting me to do that. I really appreciate it. You are so welcome. I was so happy to have you guys. Thank you. Thank you. I yes. just wanted to say that I couldn't agree more with Bonnie about our connection, that I instantly felt the same thing. Again, I think it's that connection of when you go through something like we've both been through and the appreciation of life that you have afterwards, we can instantly connect with that. So I feel the same. I feel like you're my soul sister. Aw, thank you. I love you, soul sister. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, Yvette, I kind of want to start from 
the beginning. And if we could talk just a little bit about before you became ill, what what was your life like? What did you do? What kind of person were you? Your personality? Just talk to me a little bit about that. Well, let's see. Prior to getting sick, I'm a mother of three. I was uh, working full-time as a hairdresser for 28 years. I was working those long 12-hour shifts being a single mom. You know, I had normal trials and tribulations that everyone has in their life. But also I was dealing with my father who was not doing well health-wise. So I was caretaking for him. Also, one of my daughters that suffers from severe depression. So she was, you know, kind of in and out of suicidal. And so I was, you know, basically juggling, but like a normal mother, you know, I I exercised regularly. I had responsibilities. And again, we have things that happen in our life that are out of our control. And I thought I was dealing with all of them the best that I could. You know, my, my whole thing was you just keep going, you keep doing and you will get past it. And of course, as long as my kids were okay, I felt like I would be okay too. So I think, you know, what happened there was over time, you know, my body would give me little hints and signals that I didn't listen to. And I think because we are in a survival mode, we have to keep going. It wasn't until actually two years prior to me getting sick, I don't know if I ever told you this, I had a tumor in my right lung that just suddenly appeared one day and I ended up having to go to the emergency room. And afterwards, they took it out. Thank God it was benign. It was a benign... I forget what they call it, but it's extremely rare. The oncologist said in his entire 14 years of doing work, he's only seen four of them. So I'm like, (laughs) oh, well, here you go. You know? (laughs) <laughs> and, um, and so again, it was one of those things of don't really know the cause, unknown cause, you know. And I remember coming back out of that, I had to take 30 days off, and that knocked me down, you know, for 30 days and back into being a hairdresser and taking on all the responsibilities. But I told myself, I'm going to do things differently because I knew I was, you know, when you're running out of gas, you yes. know. Yes. And we don't always listen, right? And so that was my first, you know, one of my warnings that I kind of just jumped back into my normal routine because I had people that needed me and relied on me. And I wouldn't have it any other way, right? You're going to take care of your dad, got to take care of your kids. But there's just a lot of other things that were unforeseen that were thrown in at the same time. Right. And I think that eventually, yeah, it all caught up to me. And I, like you said, I was diagnosed four years ago with an autoimmune disease. That's when I realized this is actually about six months after my dad passed away, by the way. So, so, and the reason I tell you all of this is because, I mean, it's proven that stress and diet are the number one leading cause of illness and disease and unfortunately even death, right? Yeah. You know, at the time I just kept pushing through and I think finally what happened is my body said, enough. And even then when I started, you know, with the diagnosis and I realized at that point, you know, I'm going to go ahead and take the holistic route because I I was really somebody that couldn't even take Motrin or Tylenol. Mm. These were very harsh medications that they had recommended. And so I instantly started changing my diet. I went out to Massachusetts, learned to cook for two weeks at the macrobiotics. Uh, it's called Cushy Institute. And mm. I actually started to feel better while I was out there. 
not realizing it was probably because I left all my responsibilities at home and I was just able to focus on me, right? Then I came back home, got back into my normal routine and yeah, it just wasn't enough. So I was finally knocked down, chose the holistic route, started seeing a holistic doctor. That's when then she diagnosed me with Lyme disease. As you know, you mentioned either one of my diagnosis didn't really resonate with me because the first one was your body's just attacking itself, but we don't know the cause. And for me, I just really feel that our bodies are meant to heal naturally and it wouldn't just be attacking for no reason. And I wanted to dig further in, find out the root cause of my illness rather than mask it at the time with medication. And I like to always follow that up with that. I do believe that Western medicine is totally necessary in some circumstances and for some people. But for me, you know, this was just felt like the right path for me. It's interesting how you talk about how you just kept pushing and you kept going and your body was sending you those signs and you wanted to ignore them. And I think so many of us do that. So many of us you know, we're, I, I've, I've kind of found through my own research, so to speak, that yeah. a lot of us are type A and we, we're people that want to please and we want to be everything to everybody. And we tend to ignore our bodies until we can't anymore. And I know, you know, that's something that I so relate to with you that yeah. I also went through. I had to get knocked down so many times and so hard before I, it could actually get my attention. That's right. Yeah. You know, it's very true that oftentimes we just continue to push, push, push and and don't listen. And it's unfortunate that that happens because that's why I'm excited about Qigong, which I'll tell more about later, because it is a preventative medicine, you know? And and I feel what happens is, is we're so used to going, going, going. We're always sitting in that fight or flight state, you Mm -hmm. know, that sympathetic nervous system. Whereas your body doesn't even know how to relax anymore. I was literally going from one place to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. And what's so great about doing breathing, breath work, meditation, mindful meditation, is that it takes you to that parasympathetic nervous system where it's relaxing, calming, helps you you know, aid in digestion. Well, mm-hmm. that was all out the window for me. I, right. was, I, I lost... That's what I was going to say. I lost myself in my, I don't know if you want to call it before past life, whatever, but I, I, I kind of lost myself. I was into pleasing everyone else. I am a pleaser. I still am. And that's the hardest thing for me when I was knocked down because I wasn't very good at asking for help. Always felt like, you know, I was brought up a strong, independent woman. I can do it. I'll be fine. And I always pushed through. And this one time it was like, no, you're not pushing through. You need to make changes. You're not listening. And boom, you know. I completely get that. I completely understand. So what do you think, what what did it take to finally get your attention and to get you to stop and really realize that you needed to take care of yourself? Yeah, I mean, I, I could literally feel like the poison running throughout my body. And that's what I would ask the doctors. Are you sure it's not a virus? Are you sure? And they're like, no, no. And I... You know, you got to go with your gut sometimes. Thing is, is you're going to get advice from a lot of different people and you're going to get this from the holistic doctor and this from the doctor. And the, 
they're human, right? And they know what they're taught. And it's, it's not that it's their fault for not, or you not being able to connect with what they're saying. It's that unfortunately, they're not always right. That's why we have a lot of these autoimmune diseases out there that are unknown causes. They really don't know. So for me, yeah, I was knocked down. I completely, I had to make changes. There was, I was so, so sick. And, um, you know, I was bedridden for about eight or nine months. And so that's when I started seeing the holistic doctor who then thought I had the Lyme disease. And I want to say after seeing and, and being treated with the herbal meds, I had a friend actually who mailed me the Anthony Williams book. I don't know if we're able to say that on here, but sure. Yeah, the medical medium. And I read what he had to say and the way he described what it was and what is happening in our body resonated so much more with me rather than just my body attacking itself. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know what? I, I, this is what I kind of thought all along. Like it's more of like maybe a virus. So I told, I said to my holistic doctor, will you please start treating me as if it were a virus rather than bacteria? She said, absolutely. She had heard of Anthony Williams and she was open to doing that. And so I want to say that I started to see a shift in getting better. It was a slow process, sometimes too slow for the friends and family. You know, I had people that were like, you just need to get on the medication. You, you know, I can't stand seeing you like this. And, you know, and I didn't look the best. I got really thin and, you know, I had to have help walking to the bathroom sometimes. And, you know, I couldn't get dressed and I couldn't, you know, eat and hold the foot, you know, raise your arms. Just the simplest things I, I couldn't do. But I believed this was part of the process and I was going to get better. Kind of felt like I needed to entirely cleanse. So I started off almost like a vegan mm-hmm. and then slowly started to incorporate other foods and as I started to feel better and stronger, I realized I needed to add, you know, red meat, but it was all organic and no preservatives, no GMO. I cooked all my own foods. And that's really what I did is I got out of bed to cook myself food and then I got back in bed. You know, I just continued on because I really believed that's the one thing I'll say, you know, our mind is powerful. And I, I always had that hope and I believed I was going to get better. As I started to, feel the toxins leave my body because there was less... I I can't even describe it. It's just what I felt. Then I realized, okay, I got to get this body up and moving again. How am I going to do that when I can you know, bend my finger and it hurt? (laughs) Right. We have joints in places I didn't even know. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, And I mean, I did go to physical therapy for a little bit to learn to rewalk properly again because I had walked with a permanent limp super slow. I mean, talk about slowing down and smelling the roses and the flowers. And the. I would walk down the hallway and I, I could see the dust on the wall. That's how slow I would walk. You know, I would just, it was kind of like I was starting out with a, a clean slate and just slowly rebuilding. Kind of like, you know what one of the doctors said to me, the holistic doctor or the assistant there, she said, pretend as if you're a caterpillar you know, in a cocoon for a while. And that's how it was. I mean, I was inside and she goes, but you're just, you're creating and you're transforming and you're, you know, working on you until you come out and you'll be that beautiful butterfly. I love that. 
I thought, okay, okay. (laughs) Because it is definitely something that you do have to be patient with. It doesn't happen overnight. But I could feel slowly the changes happening. If I never felt like I was not getting better at some point, I was willing to step into the medication if I needed to. And I always kept that in in the back of my mind. Like I wasn't going to be, you know, not smart smart about the situation. Right. So first of all, I think it's it's so interesting how, you know, we go and go and go and we're always on the move and we're always doing and being everything to everyone. And then we're just we're just forced to stop. We don't we don't have our bodies are not giving us a choice. And it's like I, I felt like with with my illness, I would something bad would happen. And then I would like temporarily slow down for a little bit. But then as soon as I felt better again, I was right back at it. And I was going, going, going again. And it's like, it's like our bodies have this way of telling us, no, 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 that's that's not acceptable. You're going to need to slow down on a more permanent basis. Basis. That's right. Yeah. If you really, truly want to heal. So I think that's been such a, such a learning process and a continual learning process because you know, with this, with the chronic illness, we have days where we feel almost normal, and then other days where we feel, quite frankly, you know, like death. <laughs> I mean, yeah. unable to get off the couch or out of the bathroom or whatever the case may be. So it's it's that you know that back and forth, and that having to adjust to just being reminded constantly that we need to stay at a slower pace because if we don't. Yeah, we're going to get knocked back down. What I found with that is because I too had to figure out since I was healing and getting stronger and stronger and stronger as like, you know, it started out first, just the days it seemed then it was like stronger by the week. Then it was like, you know, stronger just by every, you know, moment just seemed to be getting stronger is I had to figure out my new line. Like Mm -hmm. where, where am I? And so when I cross over that line, it was like, oh, Okay. And I'd go back and, and I really started to listen, Bonnie, because I noticed when I didn't listen, then I got knocked down really hard and mm-hmm. it would take me that much longer to get back to that spot. And I learned the lesson a year and a half ago. I was back in a wheelchair. I thought I was stronger, better. I started taking clients. I had my daughter's graduation. I was taking Qigong training. I, you know, I got a little over eager to be back to my normal, right? Yes. And in reality, I realized I don't want to go back there, you know? So now I see it as a blessing that I still have these little reminders, but I listen now. And because I listen, I continuously am getting stronger mm-hmm. and stronger and stronger. It's Love when that. I push back. And that makes me want to tell you about my physical therapist. Yeah. What she told me was when I, she was helping me learn to walk again, she said, she kind of broke down a little brain science for me and she made a picture of the brain and told me a little bit how it worked. And she said, you know, we can actually reprogram our mind. So if you go for a walk and at this time, I can only go about 10 steps without having to sit down. Like my feet would really hurt from the swelling. Mm -hmm. She says, if you go for a little walk, you go the 10 steps, sit down rest. She goes, I know that's annoying and and you want to keep going, but sit down. She goes, then get up, go again. If you continue to do that before you reach the point of pain, your brain will start to go, oh, I remember that. And and it didn't, it felt good. Like I'll let you continue and you go. And it sounds absurd when you're explaining it that way, 
but it completely made sense to me. And I thought, you know what? I, I totally get what you're saying. Like we can reprogram our mind. She helped me do movement with breath for the first time. And I was not feeling pain that I literally broke down in tears because I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I am going to get better. Like I believed it, but she confirmed it for me. I get it. Like I have to give my body time, but I will get there. And what she said to me always resonated with me. So then when I fell into Qigong, I thought, how perfect. It just kind of all meshed together. Right. That's amazing. I love that. Sounds like you had a really good medical team between your holistic doctor and your physical therapist. It sounds like they they really had some deep insights and truly cared. And you know, there's so many medical professionals out there that don't really take the time to look at the individual and you know, they just want to stick you in a box. And I, you know, like many of us, I went through the misdiagnosis or, you know, just you're fine. It's all in your head for years. So since your, you know, your diagnosis and then your healing journey, and now you're, you know, you find yourself, I don't know, four or five years out from that or from the beginning of it. And you said a year and a half ago, you were still, you know, you found yourself back in the wheelchair. Two years. Yeah. And I also realized which foods are poison to me. So I Mm. know from my body, gluten is what sent me into that. Yes. So no gluten ever. I always tell my kids, it's the last thing on earth, I will not eat it. <laughs> I feel the same way. It takes me down really, yeah. really quickly. But let's get into diet in a minute. But I want to step back and just talk about like what, how do you feel like it changed you as a person, this whole experience? I mean, I think, you know, it's kind of like the, the evolution of before chronic illness and then after, you know, and then the after yeah. and what, you, what you've learned and how you've changed your lifestyle, your beliefs, everything. How does, how, tell me more about that. Truly everything has changed. Even my entire environment, my my family, like it was a complete transformation for all of us. It really, you know, kind of similar to what's going on right now. Everyone's in, gives them time to really realize what's important in your life. Is it important that you thought, okay, now I'm going to start working really hard so I can purchase this, you know, home or condo for me and my children and this and that. And it's like, none of that really, in the scheme of things, is important at all when your health is gone. Like So true. Health is literally wealth. I mean, I look at just everything differently. I appreciate the small things. When I walk outside and smell the fresh air, it's like an, an appreciation for so much more that I didn't notice before because I was always on the run. I recently about lose a little track of time, maybe six months ago, went back to the trail that I used to run with my girlfriends all the time. We'd squeeze in this big run and then I'd go back home, shower, get ready, go to work where I walked it. And I thought, wow, like what I was missing all this time when I was running, you know, it's just, it's, it was so different. I mean, I took in the trees, the birds, the, the sky, I mean, the butterflies, just everything. I just, see everything a little bit sweeter now. And just, I know all the blessings that came from that as well. My daughter who was struggling, you know, it's an ongoing thing with depression. During that time, she got stronger too. I think that also I met my husband, Dave, because of that time where I had a wall up. I I wasn't willing to let down before because I was afraid of getting hurt again, you know? And so now because of 
you know, when you're so raw and you're so, you don't have room for holding walls up. And I was able to see clearly that this person loved me and I was willing to let him in. I don't know if I would have done that before, you know, and we, we both talk about that, that and just what I'm doing today. Although I loved, enjoyed being a hairdresser and making people feel beautiful on the outside. And I love the connection that we had for sure. But now, you know, I'm helping people more long term with a healthy lifestyle and it's more permanent, you know? So I can't think of any more right now, but it's like life is just, yes, completely different. And I just feel like I'm always in more of a space of gratitude and I'm able to see the good in a lot, even when it's not good, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Because it's like, yeah. And you know, uh, you bring me to a a point on just as you're speaking, I'm thinking about what we're going through right now, what the world is going through with the COVID-19 pandemic. And I'm seeing the way that the world is responding to it. And I know I have certain feelings about it given what I've been through. And I I get the sense that you do as well. So tell me about that. What do you, as someone that's, you know, recovering from illness, how is your perception maybe different than other people's, the world at large is about the pandemic? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, for you and I, that there's not a whole lot of change because we got used to being at home and, and having to work on us and be creative and find ways to, you know, I, I was just saying this, that sometimes when you're in the trenches, you don't see the good that's going to come from it, right? Right now, they're seeing all the things. This is what I believe. Everyone's seeing everything that was taken from them, right? I can't do this anymore. I can't do that anymore. And I was just saying earlier that, you know, someone told me and it, and it helped me too, is look at the things that you do have, that you still do have, right? So for example, we still have a roof over our head. We still have, you know, hopefully our family and friends that are healthy and we can connect through the internet. We have food. So for me, that's what I would say is look at what we still have. So while I was sick and I was knocked down, I realized I have this man that's supportive and still loves me when I'm broken. I have my children that love and support me. I have friends that stepped in and helped, you know, feed my kids when I couldn't and so if if I could just say anything to to everyone it's just look at what you still have know that it will pass I know the hardest part is for the ones that are truly affected with the covid virus and losing lives and my prayers and my heart goes out to them yes. but I I've noticed that too a lot of people are like really struggling. And and I get it because you know what? Just I, like you probably felt the same way when this first happened. You're like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> what's going on? Like not yeah, right. losing, right? Your, your old yourself. And yeah, you just, it's transformation time. It's change time. My perspective, it it's familiar. You know, it's like, I kind of feel like I've been here before and it, in, in, the same way, but in a different way, you know, it's like... But it's a little easier because... And the reason I... Is it easier to you? Like, I feel like it's a little bit easier because we kind of... We've been there. Yeah, like, it is. Oh, it's, okay. Yeah. It doesn't It doesn't feel... I don't feel like I'm as profoundly... I mean, I'm very empathetic. So I feel sure. that the energy of the world and the the fear and the uncertainty of that... 
but I am so used to living in a state of uncertainty with regard to my health that I think I've become trained to just expect the unexpected and to not have all the answers necessarily and to not know from day to day how I'm going to feel or, you know, and, and the other funny thing to me is I see everybody with the antibacterial wipes and the gloves and this and that. And that's, that's my life on a normal day. <laughs> I mean, I do anything and everything I can to avoid getting what I call normal people sick, you know? Right. Yeah. So it's, it's funny because, you know, my fiance used to tease me about all of my germophobia and now he, he's worse than I am, I think, with all of this going on. So. Oh yeah, no, I know. And that's the thing too, that I noticed that you have to be careful with, you know, because like if you watch the news too much or somebody else's energy, it, their anxiety is heightened, right? It can affect the entire environment. And Absolutely. so that's where I also feel like, because you know, you mentioned that you had the fears or the anxieties or this or that, but I want to say there was one moment that I kind of went in that little rabbit hole. And that's when I went into the store and I was like, whoa, everything's gone, you know? And it <laughs> yes. really like hit me like, okay, maybe I should be getting stocking up, right? I, I instantly was able to take myself out of that. And I'm going to say that is because of Qigong. The, mm. the place, it, it just helps you manage your emotions better. That way, the outside environment doesn't control you. And so I think I'm so thankful for it because I think to myself, how would I feel if I didn't have these tools to help me release those anxieties or that worry or, you know, that I'm feeling in my body. But um, yeah, I feel like as far as my fear, anxiety and all that, sometimes I'm always almost a little bit like, wow, how do I feel so strong? It's not that I'm in denial. Right. I know what's going on. I see it. I hear it. I, I'm taking every precaution I can, but I just don't want to let it consume me. Right. It, it's not. Yeah. So I, I feel like we we don't have a space for that kind of energy in our bodies because yeah. we know what it'll do to us. That's so it's, right. It's so so important to keep in that space of peace and courage and strength and resilience and all of those things that we learn as we go through this this process of you know chronic illness. So you talked about, you know, you're in the grocery store and all of a sudden this moment of anxiety hits and then you refer to your qigong in order to get yourself centered and back in a place of peace. Yes. Could you kind of like take us through just out loud like what you know, it maybe whatever's whatever you're saying to yourself or doing in your head or your body can you just maybe give us like a quick little tool as to what we should do if we find ourselves in a moment like that from a Qigong perspective? Sure. I mean, even from a non-Qigong perspective, just deep breathing, right? If you just take a moment to sit down and you take a nice long inhale and you expand your lower abdomen and you pause up at the top and then you do a nice long exhale. If you do that a few times, just breathing alone sends a signal to your brain of calm and peace, lowers your heart rate. It, with Qigong, there's certain cleansing moves that you can do because I don't know if you know this, but in, in Chinese medicine, they found that every organ is connected to a particular emotion or feeling or affected by, I should say. So for example, if you're feeling anxiety, and worry, that's affecting your stomach and spleen on your mm. left side. 
Mm-hmm. So there is a move that you can do. It's um, a cleansing move. And you inhale and exhale. And as you inhale, you imagine a golden light coming into your left side. And as you exhale, you're twisting and you're like releasing that anxiety and worry, whatever it is you're feeling, and just releasing it out and allowing it to flow down throughout your feet. So it's not that the emotions are bad because we're going to feel them. It's how we process these emotions, right? Yes. And hold on to them and just stuff them away and, and not do anything about it. And that's what I did in the past. You got to keep going. You just kind of stuff it and you go, right? Mm-hmm. But we don't realize that over time, if you're not releasing that, that's when it creates a problem, the stagnation in the body, which can lead to illness. So um, yeah, and there's a certain sound that can help with anxiety. It's H-U. So you can inhale through your nose, expanding your lower abdomen. And as you exhale, and then you inhale and exhale. And that is cleansing. If you do that a few times, I guarantee you, you're going to feel more at peace and calm. Just instantly doing that right now with you guys. I'm like, ah. (laughs) Me too. I did it along with you and I feel it too. Yeah, that's a great technique. Actually, I was listening because I do listen to a lot of podcasts. I was listening to one earlier this week and Gabby Bernstein, who you know I'm sure you're familiar with. I don't, or maybe not. I, I, just, I need to jump on the whole podcast. I haven't jumped on board yet. I'm so okay. this technology. I really am. It's okay. I'll help you out. <laughs> <laughs> now you're going to want to listen since you're going to be on one, right? Right. Absolutely. So I have to. <laughs> I'm honored. What would you say this new version of Yvette? What brings this new version of Yvette the most? gratification, the most happiness, the most sense of fulfillment and purpose right now in your life? Well, you know, right off the bat, I want to say, you know, my kids, my kids Mm -hmm. always bring me joy, but is to inspire others to give them hope when they're in that darkness and feel like it's not going to change to say to them that it can and it will, and you need to believe that it will and just keep being your own advocate and doing research. It can happen. So Mm -hmm. that brings me happiness to know that if I can help other people and just to hopefully they feel my positivity and my love. And, you know, I believe energy is like a ripple effect, right? So I just hope that, you know, people can feel, feel my genuine love and care. And yeah, but as far as happiness, I, I feel like that's an easy thing for me because I don't feel like it takes a lot to make me because <laughs> I'm so grateful for every day. I truly am. Isn't that great? That's yeah. such a gift. It's yeah, such a gift. When you've had it taken from you, you know, I don't know if that's the right word. Word, but at the time it feels like that, right? You when you feel yeah. like you're stripped of everything and you're just raw and you're broken, and when you mm-hmm. finally start seeing all those pieces go back together, it's just the most amazing feeling ever. It's like a second chance, right? Right, right. Yeah. And every day that you you know that you're able to get out of bed and walk and and you know. Do you know? And even if, even if you are in a wheelchair, if you're able able to get out of the house, and these little things that before 
seem like, you know, basic things. And that that's the other the other parallel that I see with COVID is it's like, you know, people are put in a position now where they're forced to slow down and they're forced to take notice of nature. And I see people posting all these pictures of nature and families out walking and all these things. And I feel like that's a gift that we were given many years ago because we had, we had all these things taken away from us and kind of, you know, stripped of our identity and stripped of all the things that we took for granted and um, we've learned to appreciate those things. I know I go outside and I look at the birds and the oh. trees and I, I'm in awe of it all. <laughs> my favorite thing to do. It's like our senses are heightened. Yes. Like, yes. like if you're in a permanent, uh, like a state of bliss almost. And then the meditation and all of that helps along with that. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah. <laughs> I feel you, sister. That's why, <laughs> that's why you feel like my sister. <laughs> What advice, like if you were to look back at your younger self before you got sick, what advice would you give to yourself kind of at that point before before your chronic illness journey? I would say don't feel guilty about taking care of you. Hmm. Don't feel guilty for taking time for you. Like again, we need to, I'm sure everyone's heard this, fill our cup before we can right take care of others. Yes. I stopped filling my cup up a long time ago. I, you know, I, I just, it, that was my, my way. I just, I was always one to help others. So please, I'll say, listen to your body. Don't feel guilty to take care of you. Be true to yourself. Yeah, I think there were times that I didn't speak up that I should have speak, you know, said something. And don't step away those emotions. Mm-hmm. Don't feel like being vulnerable or crying or is weak because it's really not. It's, it's more of a release. And really, it takes more courage and, and bravery to do that. And yeah, just make that time for you. I know you're busy, but you know what? You can take 5, 10, 15 minutes that can change everything you probably would be more productive and get more done if you just took that 15 minutes of time for you. But you know, it's hard to say because I know that everything turned out the way that it's supposed to be. And if I wasn't who I was then, I wouldn't be who I am now. I'm not going to say I have any regret, but to save anybody else from going through the knockdown is just, yeah, listen, make your health a priority. If you don't, slow down, then an illness or something else will slow you down instead. Oh, so beautifully said. Thank you. I, I could not agree more. It's like you were speaking the words out of my head. <laughs> same. I, I feel exactly the same way. What are like the biggest things that have helped you to you know, get to the point where you are now with, yeah, with healing, with, or even just on a daily basis, you know, keeping yourself in a, in a state that you... Positive state. Well, I've always started out with meditation from the very beginning, even before I learned Qigong. When I went to the macrobiotics, the Kushi Institute, Massachusetts, she told me, meditate and envision yourself in a state of health. What I would do is when I would meditate, I would envision myself running like I used to, because that's what I thought I wanted to do, right? Right. Right. And, And strong. So always envision your future and believe it and feel it. So if you could do it in a meditative state, 
That's the best right there. Also, always be your own advocate. If somebody mm. tells you there is no cure, if you don't take this, you're going to be a wheelchair for the rest of your life. If you know, they're telling you this because that's what they're supposed to do. But there are alternative ways. Mm-hmm. So don't see it as a, a like a death sentence or as a end all. You know, just stay positive. Continue to look, do your own research. I mean, I have like five functional medicine doctors that I pull things from and what works for you. Everyone's got a different blood type. So being a vegetarian from one person might work and then another person might need to eat you know, meat. So just continue to find ways to improve your health. Don't stop. Like people would ask me, are you going to, do you think you'll be a hundred percent or whatever? This was maybe a year ago or and I'm like, I believe I'm going to continue getting better and better and better until I stop. I don't know. Like, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, my journey is continuing and, and, and stay positive. You know, yes, we're all going to have our days. And, and when there were the days that I was knocked down or even yesterday, for whatever reason, I was a little bit more tired than I normally am, but I'm also doing a lot more than I was doing before. Right. So rather than get frustrated, I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to go and rest. I used to have to do that every single day, twice a day. Yeah. So if I have to take a little nap one day, just give yourself that grace, you know, yes. allow it, be okay because... I used to say tomorrow is a different day, but even by that evening, I was ready. I felt good. I felt strong. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. when you're in gratitude, you don't have room for doubt or fear or anxiety and try to stay in that positive space. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you're always going to be happy, Mm -hmm. but you're going to be happier more than you're not. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Yeah. Wise words. Believing in yourself. That's awesome. Okay. So what I'm going to do now, this is kind of like the rapid fire, like kind of fill in the blank. Oh, so <laughs> so I, I want to, I, I, the goal is if you could answer it, just kind of fill in the blank with like no more than one sentence. Okay. <laughs> okay not, to, no, not to worry, not to worry. These things should come pretty naturally to you. And if not, we'll, uh, we'll take a pause, but so chronic illness has made me more fulfilled and aware. Great. The one thing I wish healthy people would understand about chronic illness is... It's not always in control of the person who's living it if they're energized one day and not the next. Oh, boy, do I relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I think you just spoke to a lot of people. <laughs> I wish other people without chronic illness would take the preventative measures to avoid being in the situation with a chronic illness. Yeah. Like Qigong. Right. (laughs) If you could eliminate just one of your symptoms, it would be... Joint pain. The most valuable lesson I've learned through this journey has been... Not to take life for granted enjoy the simple things in life and really prioritize what's important to you. I love that. I love that. <laughs> so I want to kind of wrap it up, but before I do, I want to give you an opportunity. If, if there's anything else that you'd like to add, 
Well, first of all, thank you so much, Bonnie. I feel honored to be the first person you interviewed. Thank you for having me. And then also you had mentioned that if anybody is interested in following up with Qigong, that I I, want to mention that my Instagram is at Qigong underscore heal within, or you can email me Qigong heal within at gmail.com. And can you spell Qigong for those of us who may not know how to spell it properly? <laughs> sure. It's Q-I-G-O-N-G. Right. So Qigong. I am actually starting a five-week session, April 23rd, but I believe this may air after that. Yes. So it can also be done as a drop-in as you come kind of session. And I didn't know if I should do explain a little bit about how it works before we get off or... Sure, sure. So um, the reason I do, because then people might be like, well, why do I want to do Qigong, right? Absolutely, no. The part I feel is... The the reason I am teaching today is because it did help me transform and get my health back, right? Because when I couldn't move, this was the exercise that I found. And over time, the pain literally started melting away. It was like witnessing. A miracle, I say. But the way it works is we have these energetic pathways that run throughout our entire body. And those are also known as our meridians. And each meridian is connected to an organ or a particular function within our body. We're able to stimulate those pathways by doing certain movements, breath, sound, and even using our mind intent. And when we stimulate those pathways, you're then able to harmonize that vital energy within your body, which brings you peace, balance, clarity, and over time, vitality. As you were able to experience yesterday, yes, feeling the peace and the calm that you instantly get. So the benefits are really limitless. I completely recommend it for people that deal with chronic illness because I'm telling you, my body has transformed in a way that I couldn't have even imagined. It's a completely different body. You know, for me, Qigong is a true testament. And also would like to say that when you do start out, what's really great about these exercises is you really can do them sitting down, laying down, or standing once you get stronger. And I did the first, I want to say, three months sitting down the majority of the class. And then working my way up to more and more. Awesome. So I know Qigong's been a big part of your healing. What other what are the other main components of you know that's that have helped you to heal? Initially, for me, the key is diet for sure. Eat as organic as you can, along with acupuncture has been amazing. Chinese medicine, where Qigong fits in with. Chinese medicine as well, acupuncture. It works through all the different acupressure points throughout the body, keeping everything in flow, right? right? That's what acupuncture does. And then whereas we're working the energy through. So diet, exercise, mindful meditation, Qigong. I would say, uh, oh yeah, and supplements, of Mm. course. Got to do your Mm -hmm. supplements. Are there any supplements that you take that you find particularly helpful? First of all, to keep your immune system up, a supplement that's great is the colloidal silver. I, I take that one pretty regularly, especially right now during these times, you know, 
And I always did it during flu season. My son, he would come home and we don't know if they're carrying something. And you know what? They would be sick with a cold and I would take my silver and no problem. The other great thing about that is if you feel a sore throat or something coming on and you take it, it just kicks it away. So I I always... I travel with my silver. That and then I do take my curcumin and turmeric for inflammation. I always take my one-a-day vitamin as well as L-Icine and vitamin C, vitamin D3. Yes. So those are my definites. Um, If you want something that's a little bit stronger, occasionally I'll do the cat's claw. Sometimes when people's immune systems are really low, they can really be affected by that one. So I would be careful. Again, I'm not a doctor. This is what worked for me. And then zinc. Zinc is always great Mm -hmm. to have. So I, I kind of alternate. I'm not taking all of these at the same time. It seems like a lot. At one time I was, but now that I'm stronger, I kind of alternate and also love my lemon balm. And nice. Yeah, I got my herbal yes, tea. So. I'm big on herbal tea also. <laughs> I love my herbal tea. So yeah, so it sounds like you've really taken a very holistic approach and a variety of modalities in order to, to heal. And like you said, it's a continual journey. It's not something that happens overnight, but it's something that you're having the patience to really wait and see, see slow progress. But progress is... Any progress is good progress, right? <laughs> That's right. As long as you're continuously moving forward, even if you have setbacks, but then you notice the next time you go even further, then you know you're on the right path. You know, our body has a way of telling us. Yes. And that's so true. You know, I want, I want our listeners to know that they're not the only ones that have the, you know, healing that is not linear. It's such a, such a nonlinear process. It's that, you know, two steps forward, one step back, two steps forward, maybe three steps back and, you know, four steps forward. So, which, which can be frustrating because there's those days where you feel like you're on top of the world and you've got this whole thing figured out and, you know, and then you come crashing down and it's, it's so it's, it's something that we really have to learn to be patient with and learn to listen to our bodies. And I think you've done an awesome job of communicating that today. And I just admire and respect and honor everything that you've done to get to this point where you are right now. And it really does take a, a very special person to, you know, advocate so, so well for yourself and to really have the patience and take the time to study and figure out exactly what it is that, that works for you. So thank you so much, Bonnie. Again, thank you. And um, you're very inspiring. I love what you're doing here. You're going to help so many people and inspire so many people. I just love your spirit and I appreciate you having me. Aww, thank you so much. And I feel exactly the same. And that's why I invited you to be my guest. And I thank you for accepting. Yay! Yay! <laughs> and, we, and it's not just me that's going to help people. We're going to help a lot of people. And that's right. I know we have that in common. So together going forward, I hope that we can you know, pair up on other things to really just do whatever we can to reach as many people and help as many people to heal as we possibly can. Absolutely. All right. Yes. Awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much, Yvette. I will. You too, Bonnie. (laughs) Bye. Bye. It means the world to me that you took your time and energy to listen to this entire episode of The Chronically Courageous. If you know others that would benefit from listening, please share it with them. 
And if you haven't yet, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your podcast player of choice. I welcome your feedback and questions. So please email me at bonnie at thechronicallycourageous.com. That's B-O-N-N-I at thechronicallycourageous.com. As always, I'm sending you so much love, happiness, and healing.